0: Don't just be a part of the industry, redefine it.
1: Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within. Contact CPF Coaching LLC today and schedule your strategic session. Hey, security peeps. We are live with another special edition of Breaking into Cybersecurity with the Federal Career Connection. I am Renee Small, cybersecurity super recruiter, helping awesome leaders hire great talent. And I'm here with two awesome, phenomenal people, First, Alex Harrington. Say hi to everybody, Alex.
2: Hey, guys. How you doing tonight?
1: Alex is super awesome. He kind of, you know, he'll, he'll get into his uh, his resume and his bio and all the awesome things he's done. And Alex has been here with us a number of times. And Julie. Say hi to everybody, Julie. Hi, everyone. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. We're in our ugly sweaters. We're in our Santa hats. You know, Alex gets a a... a attack for not no, <laughs> for know. not showing up festive. <laughs> I know. Julie um, has been here almost every month, right? Julie, yeah.
3: it's been a, it's been pretty regular. I'm so blessed. But to go back to Alex real quick, shout out to him. It is his birthday today, so to to bless us oh. with his presence on his birthday, we're very excited. So he gets passed for today.
1: He get the pass. Happy birthday, Alan.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes, it's nice. I actually uh I actually uh went to the uh to the store and I and I got myself a a, a carrot a carrot cake uh, uh cupcake. Oh, it was really <laughs> nice. So yeah, it was a nice, nice day. Nice day.
1: Awesome, awesome. You're right, right around the top. My niece, she was she's uh right Yesterday was her birthday, so all these holiday babies, yeah. um, which can be, I guess, it's it's a blessing and a curse, right?
2: <laughs> it's a curse. No, it's not. It's not a blessing at all. It's a curse. That's kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just you yeah. It just, it is. You just get everything.
1: You get a hat for your birthday and a, and gloves for
0: Christmas. <laughs>
2: So, so, but luckily now my wife, she's, she's very, com- she, she's, she's very accommodating. So she will, you know, she'll make sure that my, my gifts are somewhat equitable uh, with the birthday and Christmas. So I'm not okay. shortchanged now. It's nice. Of course, I'm probably the one buying those gifts. But that's okay. <laughs> it
1: all comes out of the same pot. So <laughs> Kelly says happy birthday Some no, other folks. Do happy birthday. I don't know Thank who this is. Guys. I have to chime in too. I have to jump on LinkedIn and see short change no. See who this is. So um we are going to kick it off with uh first and foremost, you know, Alex his has pretty much kicked off the federal career uh connection. Julie, like I said, has been here every month. So we are every uh the third Wednesday of every single month, we'll be here talking about how we can have hope, have hopefully have people break into federal opportunities. And um, this past month, I saw some opportunities come up in the internship space, so definitely wanted to kick it off. By having you all talk and share about what people should be looking to do, internships are different. Um, you know, they're definitely different in the in the private sector. So definitely want to understand like how internships are are different from other uh, opportunities and what folks should do when they're looking for internships. Um, the ones that I saw, I believe they were a sister, but I know we're talking about federal as a whole. Um, were they were asking for um, students. So it was all like student focused. So I definitely want to kick it off with that. BB says hi, so I'll chime people in as they come in. Uh, But who wants to take the lead with this one?
3: So I'll take this one. And because this is certainly true to my heart, because that's how I entered federal service. And um, was through an internship program. And um, so, if anyone who's been around the block remembers the student temporary program, this was kind of back in the heyday. You didn't get benefits. You didn't get anything but a paycheck and experience. And so now we have just transformed our what we call our pathways program. And we're going to have a little guest today, because he won't leave my side. And um, so excuse Alex, the dog. It is, it
1: um, is The but, day before Christmas Eve, anything goes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, but this is something that has just been transformed over the last 10 years in the federal government. In my 16 plus years, we have seen a lot when it comes to internships, and they are truly the foundation of how we get new blood. And when I say new, it doesn't mean just 18, 19, 20 year olds. We're talking anyone who might be recently graduated or those who are in school right now. So no matter what phase of life you're in, this is a program that would be great for you. So we have three different types of internship programs um, under the Pathways program. So if you get on opm.gov, you're going to just look up Pathways or on USA Jobs, you'll look up Pathways and that's gonna gear you Point you towards those jobs on USA Jobs. Um, even just googling it on, um, googling it on Google, you'll find lots of opportunities across the federal space. So, um, to break that down a little bit, though, Renee, uh, there are three different types of um, positions under the Pathways Program. You have what we call um, our interns, who are typically those who are in school. They're the ones who, um, when you read the job announcement, they're going to be required to um, provide that they are enrolled in an educational program. And then you have the recent graduates. They're the ones who within three years you've applied for a job and you can apply under the recent graduates program. So that's great. So if you, if you just recently um, graduated and are looking for a job or it's been a year or two, or perhaps you've gone and gotten a higher education. This is another pathway for you to enter into federal service. And then the last of those, the triad of pathways is the presidential management fellows. And so that is its own program that I won't begin to describe, but it is yet another um, pathway to get into service. And last month, I believe it was last month, it feels like years ago now, but we had Laura Allen on, and that is the way that she entered um, into federal service. So if you haven't watched that episode, I would recommend checking that out and learning more about her experience with the the, um, Presidential Management Fellows Program.
1: And she was so, so. uh, she provided such a unique opportunity and experience from her perspective on what uh, people could do to get into into the federal space. So um, there were so many different, so many different aspects that she brought to the table. So that's exciting. It's interesting to see that you started there, she started as an intern, um, that uh, it seems as though many people start into getting into the federal opportunities through these internship programs?
3: It's it's quite broad, broad spread, and we are really doing a lot of work to recruit on campuses, even in this virtual environment. You can go to your career advisor and ask about federal employment, and they'll they'll put you to the resources to help you get a federal job. So if you're currently enrolled in school, or you can touch back to your counselor that you worked with or advisor at your previous institution, they can help funnel you to specific positions in the federal government that align to the degree program that you just completed. So definitely if you're in school or just now network with people on your campus to learn more about these opportunities and how you can apply for them now. And the great thing about where we've come from when I started and where we are now is the benefits package. I mean, you are coming on just like a federal employee and you're coming on board with all of the the benefits of, of life insurance and health insurance. You're coming on board automatically contributing to retirement if your appointment is longer than a year. And so you're getting all of these great things so that if you do convert to a permanent appointment or that position allows for conversion to a permanent appointment, you're already one, two, three years into your federal career, which is just such an amazing opportunity for anyone who's trying to get their feet wet. Um, And if you don't and you decide you don't wanna stick in federal service and wanna go into the private sector, You'll just stay three years and get your career status so that you can come back as a reinstatement eligible later on.
1: Awesome, Julie. I am going to share a couple comments that came through. Um, First, I'll do Kelly, who's coming in at the bottom. Are these cybersecurity internships and or positions?
3: Sure. So um, it really spans all career fields across the federal space. So there is not an agency out there that doesn't do summer hires, internships, um, and then the overall basic recent graduates hire. So when you're looking on USA Jobs or if you're looking in the intelligence community, make sure that you're looking for anything that's called a Pathways program. They may also call it internships, but there's multiple Languages that they may use. So the three top terms would be pathways, internships, and recent graduates. That's what I would be looking for when I'm doing my searches for federal positions that are under that. um,
1: And Kelly, I'm going to share. I'm going to share. um, Alex has been posting some links up here. I'm going to start sharing those in a second. And the one, the one that came across my um, space, the one that I saw was actually definitely a cybersecurity internship, and it was um, through CISA. Uh, however, here we're talking about all federal internships just as a whole, um, and none specific. But Kelly, you know, if you want to connect with me afterwards, I can share with you the one that came across my space, um, and that one was specifically for. Uh, it was for cybersecurity. So um, Danielle, hey, Danielle, she wants to know, do you have to move around? So when you're an intern, do you need to move around? Do you have to move around?
3: So that depends on the agency. There are certainly some internship positions in um, the Department of Defense that do require you to move um, and it gives you that rotational experience and different levels of the organization mm-hmm. different parts of let's say your career field um, and honestly just networking across that organization or. Um, agency in itself, so it really depends upon the agency and the type of program that you're in for myself, I did not have to move, it was a choice. And um, so it really depends on um, what you what position you apply for. Make sure you're reading that announcement really well to understand what the opportunities are going to be. But no matter what, all students are going to sign an agreement when they come on board. Um, because typically we have um, tuition reimbursement opportunities, whether you're a recent grad and they're offering um tuition, um, what am I trying to say, um to get your student loans paid for, um or if you're in school and it's right now and they will help pay for that school while you're going to it. I know the intelligence community is hot right now trying to get the latest and greatest within um, schools and who are recently graduated and so these incentives are are flying off the shelves so make sure that you ask for things like tuition reimbursement and your student loan repayment program and things like that. Um, And we're going to have a handout for your audience tonight Renee and it's going to detail out another aspect of the pathways program that I think is really great and that's what we call superior academic achievement so some of your audience members have come on and they're like well we don't have experience yet so how you know we're just in school we don't have experience we may not even have all the certifications um, but you know or you go vice versa I have a little bit of experience, um, but I'm coming into school or I have experience in other areas. Well, under superior academic achievement, if you have achieved a certain GPA, it equates to a little bit higher grade level. So let's say the position is a five target nine. Um, this might be one of those positions with superior academic achievement where you have some experience or you've got some education under your belt and your education is at that GPA level that they're looking for, and they'll push you up to the GS-7. So make sure to get educated and read the handout that we're gonna send out um, with, um, from Renee, and look up that on OPM and, and really get educated on what your flexibilities are when you're applying for these jobs.
1: Thank you so much for that, Julie. I have, um, I'm, I've been showing what Alex yeah. has been sharing with us, all these different links to CISA, the DHS, CIO, so, so many of them um, in regards to these opportunities. Dr. Dana Marie Thomas wants to know, realistically, can someone 50 and over in a master cybersecurity program be considered? Absolutely.
3: Um, in fact, I have um, hired students that are, that are just coming out of school and they're in their 60s and 70s. This is not a one-size-fits-all programs. So if you meet the requirements for an internship or if you wanna go presidential management fellows or come in as a recent graduate, come one, come all. This is a great way for you to get some experience and for them to kind of test drive you too. And so this is going to allow you to shine and show off everything that you have in your arsenal of expertise as you come into federal service. So please come in. We have a lot of veterans who go to school later in life that are coming in under the Pathways program and a lot of people in general. So just please, Dr. Thomas, I've seen you several times on the show. So please come on over. We would love to have you. Age is not an issue.
1: That's fantastic. Because there's so many times where people, um, you know, they're concerned because they either are in full time opportunities and they're like, well, now I have to go do this internship thing. Like, how does that work? How do I leave? Or to your point, veterans, you know, coming in, you're a veteran. So it's good to know that as long as you're a student. That that's the criteria. And from there, you know, it's it's awesome to hear you hiring um, Julie 16 and 70 years old. 70 year olds. I love it. I told my mom the other day. I was like, go back to school.
2: (laughs) So I do like to if you guys don't mind, I was gonna piggyback on when Julie's seven and comes to age. So so it is my birthday, which is awesome. I'm 54. So I love Mm -hmm. saying that I'm more than a half century old. And so I know. Uh, based off my age, based off my own career navigation, sometimes even I think about the age issue. Uh, so for those who are transitioning from one career to another career in, a, in their later life, in their mid-career, or is even an encore career, I mean, I, I, you know, I get the age question all the time. So here's some, I would say my advice would be when it comes to that age, number one, is the best way to... To tell your story, when it comes to putting the age in the background to de-emphasize it, is that uh, you're showcasing your 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 perpetual uh, 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 ongoing learning. You're you're constantly learning new skills, especially within cybersecurity and what's going on with today's when it comes to today's uh, when it comes to the the recent what happened in the recent in the news when it comes to russia and this is what's going on with just uh, IT and and the vulnerabilities and the constant uh, change in technology if you're keeping uh, uh, abreast of the of the skill sets or the critical skill sets that you need and you're and you're able to showcase that you on an annual basis you're doing something to gain new knowledge or new experience or new skill sets within your giving career. The age is not going to be uh, much of an issue, and and I'll just use an analogy here. Uh, when it comes to just dis- when it comes to technology, when it comes to basic office organic software, in today's age, twenty twenty one almost, uh, if somebody says I know how to use PowerPoint on my on their resume, <laughs> I will tell them, well, you might as well actually say you know how to use a number two pencil as well, because it's no big deal any longer. Microsoft has been around for more than, I think, more than 25 years. And so showcasing that you know how to use PowerPoint is telling somebody you know how to use a pencil. After all these years, we're expected to use the basic organic business software that's available off the shelf. There's nothing special about that. When it comes to IT usage, now, you guys are quite unique, and I don't know your field in depth like you guys do, but when it comes to as an end user, to be able to uh, state, say, at 54, when it comes to managing teams, I can manage, manage teams remotely through web-based management platforms, where I don't rely on email, but I rely on workflows and KPIs and alerts. So if you're able to showcase that you're learning constantly, you're going to de-emphasize that age as well. Also, keep in mind, I know you earned those degrees. I mean, you might have earned some some, uh, hard-earned degrees years ago, and uh, and, and it's something that no one can take away. But if it might actually kind of highlight your age, you may want to maybe even take out the dates or de-emphasize by moving the degrees possibly to maybe the last page of the resume if you're not doing a for example an encore career where maybe you do rely on education so there are certain ways to de-emphasize the age one constant learning two maybe kind of different placements of your education that's tied to your age and three and here's here's the here's the last thing i would like, I would like to add is that um you are you know one way to de-emphasize the age as well is that you're you're able to, uh, I would say, navigate just the different generations within the work environment. You're not holding true to your generation work uh, work style, such as when it comes to baby boomers, they're very loyal to the organization. Well, Gen Xers or even Gen Ys, they have a different principles. So, to be able to actually adapt to the different diverse uh, generations within a, a current uh, workforce. It's also going to go play well for you. So, again, number one. Always learn. We're never too old to learn. Never too old to learn, okay? And number two, uh, you might have to actually de-emphasize your your marketability when it comes to age-related degrees or certifications or work experiences. And number three, to be able to actually just work with all generations within the current workforce and showcase that somehow. Those are three examples of how to de-emphasize that age, especially to, to the question to the doctor.
1: Alex, I think that's so mm-hmm. so relevant. Um, and Doctor Dana says, "I appreciate your input." Kelly says, "Here, well said, Alex and Beanie." Who is now working with you guys says, "Great advice, Alex." Yes. Um, and I, you know, when and Doctor Dana said earlier, you know, I'm extremely serious about this, so she definitely is interested. And I appreciate you talking about, you know, the different ways to de-emphasize the age factor, specifically regarding, you know, taking the date off of the degree, um, you know, potentially moving it down if you have ex- other experience, you know, degree, putting it at the second page or at the bottom. Just saying, you know, you have the BS, you have the MS, whatever. They don't need to know that it was in 1980 something, <laughs> 1990 or whatever. Um, and so that just definitely helps um and to show so you don't get the immediate some, sometimes and i say this in, in the private sector it happens a lot immediately a, a manager or a recruiter will look and it's a split second kind of thing and you say oh wow this person's 70 you know graduated in 1983 probably not going to be the right fit for this team whatever you know immediate so definitely taking that off so people don't even don't even go back and And I don't know how this, I know for for federal, it's different. But in the corporate sector, I tell people anything that's past 15 years experience is probably irrelevant, um, other than like management skills, um, specifically in the technology and security space. So, you know, I I, I recommend in my, you know, the folks that I talk to would say, you don't, you don't want to be deceptive, but you can list like, you know, Prior experiences included, and in just a list of like opportunities, a list of places that you used to work, um, so that it doesn't look like, oh wow, you know, <laughs> this person was here when computers first showed up at the, at the office. You know what I mean? No, um, I think you're
3: reading my mind, Renee, and I think that's Alex and I can pick you back together on this one. Is it's when we're kind of talking about two different topics, and we we swum into the. Um, non-internship lane so if you are going into an internship it's very important to remember you do have to meet the the student requirements of that job so having that on your resume is very important but you're either going to be a current student or you're going to be recently graduated within the last three years to alice's point of if you're kind of outside of that and you're just looking for federal jobs in general remember we're just looking for one year of specialized experience wherever that falls within I would agree the last we say the last 10 years is the most relevant um it's a free for it's a free for all if you only want to put your last 5 years if you only want to put your current job and you've been there 2 years and you've been moving mountains it's all about the star stories and how you approach your resume how your um, attacking the specialized experience requirements that are listed in the job announcement and going through that questionnaire that you'll do like a checklist. Do you, do you show in your resume what they're asking for? If you can do that within a year or two of your top experience, that's all you need to provide. You're just trying to meet and show off to A, get through HR with that one year of specialized experience and the other conditional requirements that are listed in the job announcement. And then you're trying to attract that hiring manager to you to get to that interview and then knock their socks off. So I'm going to throw you to pitch it to Alex now to talk a little bit more about the resume. Um, and then if there's any questions on what should go in a resume, I can take it back over from there.
2: Cool. And, keep, and keep in mind, everybody. So when it comes to Julie and I, so Julie and I, you're really looking at the, uh, an HR expert and a hiring manager, respectively. And so you're literally getting two, two sides of the fence, so to speak, when it comes to the federal hiring process. One, you have to meet the, the you know, really that basic uh, minimal qualifications uh, through HR. They, Julie is, you know, HR in the government is in the, the O200 field. They are the, the watchkeepers of the merit principles. They're the ones who are put in place to make sure, and I you go back in history, to make sure that there's another, there's no, there's not another Andrew Jackson when it comes to disrupting the, the personnel system, when it comes to the civil service. So she's in place to really kind of uh, be that watchdog of the, of the merit principles of hiring for the, for, for the federal government. And the federal government has really come a long way when it comes to uh, really, uh, I would say, making uh, every opportunity to all Americans who want to, who want to serve their country in, uh, in public service. Now, I'm also an advocate of military service, Okay. So if anyone in the age range that you're, or in physical range that you're eligible to serve military, I am a pure proponent of that. Look into it. And also uh, a national service such as AmeriCorps or even Peace Corps. Okay. But when it comes to public service in the federal government, uh, I'm the hiring manager and, and I've built teams in the past. So when it comes to the resume and I know I want to keep it within the context of cybersecurity because that's 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 who you guys are. You're all I assume most of the listeners are are uh, targeting uh, positions with IT positions specifically within cybersecurity especially now what's going on with our country. So I'm sure there's there's many of you who want to actually step in the gap and fight for our country, protecting our our networks, our systems uh, from uh, foreign, uh, foreign predators. So I commend you for that if you really want to jump into the fight in that. But as a hiring manager, my first advice is this. Uh, now, I'll, I'll lead it with this. If you want to learn how to sing opera, talk to an opera singer. So if you really want to learn about how to transition to cyber security or learn what's in high critical demand they find find some two or three contacts who are within who do cybersecurity. uh could be as a contractor could be as a fat could even be as a state but to be able to actually piggyback and and and, and learn from their own experiences so number one i might well my assumption is all you guys have already connected with somebody who's already doing cybersecurity because that's networking 101. That's a basic 101 uh, tactic when you when you get out of school is networking and finding that individual, that opera singer, if you want to learn how to sing opera. So that's number one. You're finding somebody within that giving field to see what's in high demand. Okay, that's number one. If you don't, if you're not doing that, well, guess what you're going to be doing, uh, th- what you should be doing beginning of the year is actually leveraging, trying to find those contacts. And LinkedIn is a very good place to start and also some associations out there as well and some links that I've even sent uh, to to Renee that you can also reach out to. Number two, the when you're uh, looking at cybersecurity jobs, my recommendation is to benchmark them and see and, and look at various announcements to see what we're what also is in high demand when it comes to hiring managers. Uh, listen well here. Um, a job announcement is not about you, it's about the job. It's about the critical elements, what that agency needs, especially what's going on with our strategic environment right now. So when you look at a job announcement, just always keeping them back in your mind. And I know this might rub rub rough on some folks, but it's not about you. It's not your anthology. It's not your degrees. It's not your certifications. It's about the the need, the critical element, the critical needs within that given job, especially what the hiring manager is looking for. They are looking at education. They're looking at experiences. They're also looking at soft skills. But make sure when you're benchmarking those positions and you're and you're learning what is in high demand think of how you can usher all your amazing knowledge and your skills and your abilities and how you can target that position cut the fat of things that you don't need i know it's hard to let go certain things in your resume but if it doesn't add value to the targeted job then you need to put it in the back or take it off the resume I, i do like what renee says um, you know on in, in the private sector you're cutting 15 years for me I, I cut roughly about I keep my resume roughly about 12 years only 12 years and I'm 54 a lot of cool stuff I did overseas in three countries is no longer on my resume why well because hiring manager doesn't care they care about what you've done within one or two oh, one to three years and how your skill sets, both your technical, both your your soft, both your, your project management, your leadership leadership skills, how that actually aligns to the job's critical function. So sh- I'll just actually I'll actually end it, end on this. Number one, find the opera singer if you want to learn how to sing opera. So find that person who works in cybersecurity or IT, and 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 do a virtual coffee chat with them. Establish that contact and once you build that positive rapport ask for two more names Okay, that's number one number two Benchmark those positions and find those critical demands. It's not about you. It's about the job But you have amazing skill sets that are transferable that can really help protect our country's infrastructure because we need amazing men and women to protect our networks from foreign invaders like Russia okay awesome
3: okay I have to piggyback on that because he said so much great stuff so from an HR perspective I'll I'm not going to go one two three but I'll count on my fingers the one of the biggest things that people do not do and to get them disqualified when applying for jobs is that so they don't fully read the job announcement Yes, it is very long, but it's there, and all of that content is there for a reason. So make sure that you read every bit of it from the duties to the specialized experience requirements down to pre-employment conditions to certification, education requirements. Those will knock you off right off the bat. When the Nature specialist looks, I always kind of had a checklist in my mind. I looked, if you're a current fed, you had certain requirements you had to meet such as time and grade. And if you had a student, I was looking for your education. Did you meet the requirements of what we call pre-employment conditions? If you don't meet that or you didn't include it in your package, like perhaps we asked for transcripts or a certification document, you're out the door before I've even gotten to your, to your resume and all of the great things that you've done. So take the time, read every bit of it we all have to do it ourselves as feds and make sure that at least you get through let's call it phase one of getting through hr and then start to build out the star stories the specialized experience requirements that alex is talking about really emphasize that so that it's clear don't make us dig for it hr is going to spend the longest on your resume so if you think that I'm spending a long time and I might spend two to three minutes finding it, think of the how little time a hiring manager is gonna spend on you. And people say, when I was hiring for people, I could tell you within probably less than 30 seconds whether that person really understood what I was trying to achieve in that job announcement. As an HR specialist, they probably spent a good two to three minutes reading through and making sure that they weren't going to get a phone call back to say why were they disqualified and yet it was kind of buried somewhere where they you know, didn't see it pretty clearly. So, get out there and find some great um, resume examples as far as formatting, make sure that it's in bullet uh, paragraphs get very hard to read, especially when you're reviewing. Three, four hundred applications, if not more, for these job announcements. Make it easy for the people who are reviewing it so that you can get there and then just shine in your interview. So get that's the biggest thing I could say is read that job announcement fully. Read the questionnaire very carefully. Make sure you double read the answers that you write to make sure that you're answering them correctly and not disqualifying yourself arbitrarily. Um, I can give you a perfect example of, in Customs and Border Protection, they have a citizenship question and it's got five different answers. Well, I did not read it fully and I thought I chose the one that said you're a US citizen and then something else, but it, it was tweaked a little way that I automatically disqualified myself because I had said that I had been out of the country in the last like five years living. And so it's all about reading and having that attention to detail, which we know that you have in your career field. So those would be my top two things from an HR specialist perspective of how you could quickly rule yourself out for consideration and not ever make it to a hiring manager.
2: So let's let's I'm going to take I'm going to tag team again with uh, Julie because we're, we're hitting some really good points. So, again, you're back at the HR side and you're, you're trying to meet that basic qualifications and you get through HR and they put you on. They basically put you on a, a list that you you refer to the hiring managers that comes back to me. Here's another thing to think about. So as I mentioned about number one, finding individuals within, your, within that respective field that you're trying to break into. And number two, benchmark for critical, uh, those critical elements, those high demand skills that, that, uh, that the agencies are looking for in cybersecurity. Now here's something to think about. Now you're at the interview. You're, at, you're actually facing an interview panel. And here's something that really frustrated me when I done, and I've done plenty of interview panels, and I've lo- and actually I love doing interviews, I really do, because uh, I love learning about people, and I really try to uh, put it, make it as a partnership. You know, they're learning about me or about the organization. They don't care about me, but they're learning about the organization, and I'm learning about them to see if they fit into the organization. So, when a hiring manager says, well tell, "Well, tell us, so tell, what do you know about us?" Well you could say you know you could have done you could have read the organization's mission and and when it comes to their when it comes to their vision and you basically re, basically parrot what you actually read on the website okay that's okay you you done the basic elementary homework and and really that's not exciting for a higher manager because in my mind I'm thinking all right yeah you've gone to the website you took some notes who cares However, and I've actually, I'm going to post it one more time, so I'm going to be moving my eyes. I am doing my best to make sure I'm looking at the blue light, so I'm looking at you guys. But I am going to uh, post a link to the CIO uh, when it comes to the chief information group across the federal government. Here's my recommendation that I would encourage you guys to do, is to get on that website that I sent uh, to Renee, CIO.gov, there, they have all the strategic policies on cybersecurity, and and they work with all the agencies. What's going on with the the critical needs of when it comes to cybersecurity? So when 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 hiring manager asks you, so tell us about you know tell you know what do you know about us or talk about you know you know like you know how can you how can your skills or strengths help us? You would be able to count your answer within a within a strategic high-level message when it comes to the policies so when it comes to trying to break into government my advice is this you can stay at the first step you know you or let's, let's use the elevator you can hit you can hit floor two and that's all the, that's all you go to all right and that's really taking information off the website the mission the goals whatever but if you actually start reading about the policies uh, through Office of Management and Budget, and it comes to the Chief Information Officer, or CIO.gov, when you start reading about policies and strategic plans affecting cybersecurity across government, and you're able to take elements of that and, and embed it within your answers that actually uh, are tailored to the hiring manager's questions, you went from second floor way, to, way up to the penthouse. And it's sad that 99% of the folks I've interviewed they have, they've never gone that extra length. I don't know why, but they just they just don't. I would encourage you guys to do that. I would definitely, uh, you know, when it comes to learning about that agency, look at those policies uh, that actually affect that agency, especially when it comes to cybersecurity and how it affects the total government. That will make a hiring manager go, you think, wow, in, in their mind. Okay? All right. Go to it.
1: Alex, I think that, uh, and Dana, Dr. Dana saying thank you with multiple exclamation points, um, because I think the reason why people don't do that is they may not even know where to begin. Like they, they may do like a, a, a broad overview, but if you think about just the federal government as a whole, um, it's so overwhelming. Um, so to be able to really drill in, I mean, these tips that you're providing right now are phenomenal because I I mean, I'm taking I'm sitting here taking those myself because I had no idea and no clue uh, when it comes to providing this type of info. And, you know, the comments are coming in. Wow. Great advice. because People don't know this. This is really the inside, you know. People may think, okay, USAjobs.gov, okay, I do some Googling, I do some information. Who knew about the policies that's in the CIO.gov space, you know, to dig in deep there? Go ahead. So,
2: I, so I, uh, I will inject and I'll shut up real quick. So I actually text you a, a link called USA.gov which i believe is managed by the general services administration and usa.gov there's a link that talks about the federal government or government in general the three branches and all the agencies i think that's a very good place to start to learn about the government the federal government and what's you know basically the uh, you know what's you know the or the agencies the cabinets and 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 how they support each other but yes uh, i my when it comes to looking for a federal job uh, I would say my second point to this is, is this, um, I would say, um, beef up your civic, basically your U.S. civics and and understand the basics of the U.S. government when it comes to the three branches and how you fit in when it comes to federal service. For me, you know, a long time ago, I read, you know, and I, it's been a long time since i read the constitution, but, uh, you know, it's kind of cool that, there's a section in the constitution that kind of talk that touches civil service like Julie and I, and that's uh that's article two, section two, paragraph two, and they refer to us as inferior officers. Not, it's not a bad way, but we're the ones who get the job done. We're the, we're, we're the, we're the ones who implement policies. And it's really kind of cool. It really is. So to be able to say that, you know what, I feel a position that is actually uh, authorized by the Constitution when it comes to Article 2, Section 2, Paragraph 2, that's the type of awareness I encourage you guys to have because working for the federal government, it's not a job, it is a calling and it's a difficult calling, especially nowadays, okay?
3: Oh, I've got weird, I'm just gonna keep piggybacking on Alex. I'm sorry, but (laughs) this is getting me on fire and I'm gonna have to like shut my camera off because of course my phone's running out of juice. Um, but, um, the big thing I would say, if you want to know, CIO is amazing. I, it's one of those resources that I use all the time just to kind of keep my pulse on things, but the other, honestly, C-SPAN, I mean, look at what Congress is asking for briefings on, look at what's coming out in current legislation. Um, look at what we're talking about in the news and start to, to build out what they're asking questions for. Not only are you going to see the programs that are coming about and the things that we're having to answer for, but we get taskers out of those out of those briefings, and you can kind of see the drive of how we're going when it comes to not only the health of the new organization but legislation and policies that are going that are ongoing. So find the lens that's quick to go through their and particular lineup for the day and see which ones you might want to get the transcripts for and to kind of pull from what they're asking for and how you can incorporate that. Look at studies like RAND, um, the RAND organization, Deloitte does a lot of federal um, studies. See what kind of data that they're pulling up that you can incorporate into your conversation and interview and things that you can, you know, highlight and pull and kind of drive into your resume. All of these organizations are definitely helping us build out the future of the federal service and our policies and procedures. And so it's really good to stay on top of what's going on, especially like Alex said in your own career field. So I'll be right back.
1: (laughs) So Alex, I'm going to shout you out a couple of times. There were a couple of different comments up all throughout the day, the night so far. So I'm going to go backwards. Dr. Dana Marie Thomas says, profound, Alex. Like I said, I think that folks don't even understand. Um, this was an eye-opener for me. So I know that people who are out there, it's it's definitely eye-opening. Um, Kelly says, Alex is on a roll, giving us that birthday pre-Christmas advice. <laughs> um, thank you. Patrick says, thank you so much, Alex, for the information, great advice. Um, Cedric, this is a good night nu- a good nugget, and Cedric's been on a couple times too. Mm-hmm. Um, Clarence says, "I was never told to take that approach." Thank you for that. So these are folks, you know, and and I know Cedric in particular, and I believe Clarence mm-hmm. too are, you know, TS. I believe they're veterans, you know, DOD, all that stuff. So it's just an it's it's just eye opening that you're sharing this information because. I think these are nuggets as someone made it, it made a comment that um we just don't hear. Like we, you know, I've I've never heard taking looking at CIL.gov, looking at C SPAN. I mean, I watch C SPAN just for you know <laughs> into, I guess semi-entertainment, but you know, really looking at it in terms of okay. From a from a, a hiring perspective, from a policy perspective, like what's coming next, what should I be prepared for? Those types of things. If I was looking to to you know break into the federal government, it's just a different angle to, to take a look at it, right? Not just to see like what drama's going on today, but it's you know <laughs> just like totally looking at yes. hey, what's upcoming? Um, there were a couple questions over here too. Um, Danielle has said thank you. Kelly earlier said great advice. Tons of great advice coming on here. And Alex, I'm going to post up these comments to you, these links that you've been giving. Um,
2: yeah. And by the way, I sent actually a couple of links from our blog site. Actually, I pulled from, and I'm sorry for the distraction. I'm kind of- No, no worries. But I did post a blog on uh, basically how to stay marketable after after your 40s. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a uh, and also, because uh, yeah, we're Federal Career Connection is about providing information, providing uh, just touch points to help individuals raise their, their marketability when it comes to the job search. Also, provided a blog on basically job seeking resources. And I'll try to actually, after this, I did a blog that listed all the recommended. I would say publications, media, the media publications that folks mm-hmm. should probably have, you know, on their favorites, such as federal times or government, or, uh, or government executive, things like that, because they also do a great job of keeping, you know, uh, the, the a pulse on, on, on the government workforce. So it really is about giving information. I know for me, you know, I've been very fortunate in my government career. Uh, I, I, um, you know, uh, I'm in my sixth department. Uh, I started overseas and my first five years in government was in five three countries. So for me, it's been a good experience. I, I'm very grateful uh, how, of where I'm at. Uh, I'm, I consider myself kind of a professional misfit, if you will, because I was kicked out my senior year in high school from fighting every time Dick and Harry, which made me a good Marine, actually. But for me, government service it really allowed me to channel my my calling of helping others and that's and i think that's what i think what the government is looking for we're looking for people who want to uh uh who want to help our country who want to help uh other americans through whatever capacity that they they that they that they perform in the government and i think we we definitely need it more than we need it more than uh uh uh, than ever. We, we, we need people who are civic minded, stu- has a steward, kind of a, stu- a steward mindset who wants to really do, d- change things for the better because we definitely, our country definitely needs it. It really does.
1: Right. So Tandi wants to know, hey Tandi, wants to know how is consulting work weighted as experience? do so, throw that back to Julie, because that's a good yeah, question. Yeah,
3: it is a great question. So, um, Tondi, all experience is experience. Um, we accept volunteer experience, non-paid consultant experience, paid consultant experience, military experience, whatever, you name it. If you have a skill set and you have done work, it should be on your resume, so do not discount what I know is a hard job as a consultant. Um, i don't personally put weight in the amount of money that someone makes it's the quality of your experience that's what i'm looking for when i'm trying to define a specialized if you're meeting the specialized experience requirements because pay is just it just has such disparity across the united states across the world Mm -hmm. and i mean you could have gained that experience and and been unfortunately paid considerably less than the grade level that you're applying for now. It just depends on companies and obviously the compensation that they have available to them. So, and as we become more competitive federally with different pay systems, different pay flexibilities that we get through either legislation or different types of appointing authorities, these are things that we're we're looking for the experience. We know that we have to pay for that experience. So don't discount how much you made, work towards, just making sure that that experience is clearly stated in your resume.
1: That's awesome. So I'm gonna go back to some of the questions that were asked in the beginning. We were on such a good roll that I didn't want to interrupt, but there were quite a few questions here um, after Dr. Dana. So I'm gonna go back to a couple of them. Why is my mouse acting weird? Okay. Um, Catherine says, I'm sorry, this was about, well, she was, I don't know, 715-ish. Coming in, what, uh, what if you have a school that doesn't do GPA? They say it's equivalent to a 3.0, but it's a pass-fail BS program with Washington, um, WGU, which I believe is Washington Go- Western Governors University.
3: Um, so that's a really great question, Catherine, and I would recommend you just look, um, hook up with me on LinkedIn so that I can better define that question um, and start to delve into it. The big thing about education programs is to make sure that you're you're going to an accredited institution. Um, if you have a foreign degree, you can always go through the Department of Education to get it. Um, let's just say accredited by their specialists. Um, but I'm not familiar with that particular school or a
1: program that has passed fail. So um, let me do some very, research. It's very popular um, in the cybersecurity space. And I believe uh, a lot of veterans are going there now. Gotcha. Here, well, let me do some research on
3: that. And then uh, definitely shoot me a LinkedIn message, Catherine, and just remind me that we met on this particular podcast. And I will clue in on some of my experts um, across the federal space and get you some more information. Sure.
2: And keep in mind also, and I know when it comes to doing additional training, going to school, uh, make sure you do your research on that respective institution. You can go even. I know the department, the Department of Education has a some like a certification list. You can see if they're actually certified. Because you, you got to be careful, because you know, look, you know, I, I kind of history lesson. You know, the G.A. Bill after World War II, it became so popular. A lot of, a lot of the, the vets were going, 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 uh, going to school and all that. One of the reasons why Congress closed it down those years ago was because a lot of. Uh, uh, uncredited institutions were kind of propping up and grabbing the money, so they actually end up closing it down those years ago. So just be careful. Whatever training, whatever institution you go to, make sure they're they're actually they're accredited to a, to to a, 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 either a, a state government institution. Make sure you do that background because uh, I definitely don't want anyone being taken uh, taken advantage of uh, institutions that are kind of rogue. Uh, and taking people's money when it comes to, when it comes to today's, when it comes to today's times.
1: And I think that's such great advice, Alex, you know, and we hear it all the time, you know, institutions that are, you know, may be accredited or that the degree program isn't really up to snuff. So when they get, when they they get through the process, then it's very difficult for them to get job opportunities, things like that. So I, um. I second what you said. um, And I have a whole (laughs) I think I'm going to do a whole program specifically around education and what to look for and how to really um, do due diligence around a lot of these around a lot of education um, boot camp certifications, because I I see them posted on LinkedIn almost every day around people Mm -hmm. either with complaints or you know struggles or you know they spend so much money and then they you know they can't get the return they can't get a job when they're done and and it's so unfortunate and to alex's point yeah. you know being taken advantage of is the that's like you want to get my girl you want to get me going you want to get me on a soapbox that's, weird. Yeah. <laughs> that's where weird yeah. um, okay so question can i do a student internship if i'm only a part-time student mm.
3: So actually you can. So definitely talk to the HR specialist when you're coming on board, but a lot of programs, especially as an intern, um, you only have to meet a certain amount of credit hours. So defining part time is definitely kind of a broad range of credit hours. So just talk to the program manager, give the um, agency a call. At the bottom of every job announcement, there's an HR contact and, and ask them questions about perhaps what their minimum requirement is. Um, I want to say that it's a minimum of 24 hours to be part time. Um, as far as being in an internship program, but that would, it could depend upon, especially in the intelligence community where it's free for all based on their own internal policies, you're definitely going to want to confirm that information.
1: Right. Excellent. And then I just want to, while we're, uh, while we're here, I'm going to put up some of the links that Alex has shared They're on, um, YouTube, but we'll, we'll post them up afterwards too. There was the cyber and it interns at sister.gov. So those were the internships that I saw. Um, Alex also shared with us the DHS Homeland security careers space. So in cybersecurity, since we know this is where all of our folks are again, the CIO.gov. So when you want to do your research, um, and I'm just gonna continue to go through these points. A lot of happy birthdays to you, Alex. <laughs>
2: I, to admit, I don't, I don't feel 54. I have to admit, my my wife's like, you still have don't a 18 an year old kid. <laughs> 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 kind of, but, but by the way, you know, when it comes to this information, these links, what I'm gonna do, and I just and yeah. I haven't done one for a couple weeks. You know what? Because what's going on in the get in the in the, in the current news space, and, and when it comes to our country, and the uh, I'm going to do a blog for our for our blog site uh, on, on specifically on cybersecurity, and I'll do my research. I may not be able to talk to that opera singer, but I'll at least pull together this the information since I know where to go to uh, for your group. So actually, I'm going to do that because I I, uh, I think it's actually, and I'm going to do it actually next week. Because uh, I think oh, actually the, the links and the information will be very useful because there's a lot of information out there for cybersecurity because it is a high demand uh, a career field, a growing career field uh, that uh, that uh, people want to get into it and they're very good at it. Uh, I'm going to definitely provide information. So I'm going to do another piece.
1: That would be fantastic because, like I said, um, and, and the reason why we started this is because You know, you guys are the gurus when it comes to the federal space, walking people through, sharing information like this that I literally am taking notes on my own. Um, In addition to that, you know, I'm listening in just like a viewer because you have so much expertise in this space and there's so many people who would love to have to get into you know, a federal role and get that opportunity to really showcase their cybersecurity skills and experience, um, especially with what's going on right now. I mean, this is, I've seen it saying the hack of the decade and, you know, all of these various things that have happened over the past couple of weeks. And and as I'm hearing still unfolding, like every day, something new (laughs) is popping up about uh, additional aspects of this breach. So you know, being able to say, hey, I want to defend the country, I want to be a part of the group of people with that mission, um, is what a lot of these folks here are, are, are trying to do. So figuring out a way to get them like quickly, you know, streamline that process to get them in, um, is really, really important. And because, um, especially in the in the private sector, you know, it's, a lot of the folks, especially one, not necessarily the entry level, super entry level, so interns and things like that, but folks who are experienced, you know, we're poaching them, we're going after them, right? So they don't, won't even look at, they won't even pick their head up to say, oh, unless they're very, 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 very focused. Um, so when we see people here who actually want to do this, you know, we definitely want to encourage and provide as much support as possible, which is what you all have been doing over the past few months. And we'll continue to do into 2021 because we'll be here every third Wednesday of the month for 2021. So yes,
3: the handout that I provide Renee and um, so we'll get that to you for you to post. I did go in and put some more information on um, the pathways program as well as other hiring authorities that are specific to cybersecurity. And um, the big thing that I would say, additionally, some of the questions that we've asked in the past about security clearances and and. Um, mm-hmm. We've definitely talked a lot about security clearances in the past and so um, some of those terms that we use that are just make no sense are all gonna be defined and the helpful resources like Alex has talked about, some additional ones that are more federal wide and um, such as just the different types of news outlets you can look at as well as some helpful books on how to write your federal resume. They'll all be in there so with Alex with this, Blog and with this um, document, you should be well on your way to getting your new federal job in 2021.
1: 2021. Yes, yep. yes, ma'am. Definitely. Definitely. Awesome stuff. So, a couple comments coming in, and there was another question I want to hop to right before we wrap because we're almost at an hour. This this went by yeah. so fast tonight. Um, Rich Rilla says, A fresh perspective as always. Thanks, y'all. Hey, Richard. Oh, my God. All the cool people are here tonight. Um Okay, so there was a question, there were two questions that I wanted to post. Is the federal government an EOE? I don't know what EOE stands for. I don't know if it's EEO equal employment. If it's oh, EEO maybe equal employment. Absolutely, yes. Most
2: definitely,
1: most definitely. <laughs> Look who's here. The person who brought this all together. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, I know. Good Steph has uh, already awesome. introduced us all. She's awesome. You know, actually,
2: just let so you know, I'm just gonna put this out there now. I, I will be working for Steph, Ooh. uh, going on detail with uh, starting on January 3rd. So I'm looking forward to being looking at uh, the uh, DHS Homeland Security. Oh, so, yeah.
1: that is awesome. So hopefully, I did
2: well because if I if they tell me Alex, you don't don't come on the detail on January 3rd, <laughs> you know, I didn't do well here. I'll blame Julie on that one. Yeah, oh, I didn't wear the hat. I did everyone, wear the
1: hat. Everyone always blames HR. It is not HR. It's, it's HR. always HR's fault. I, I get it every I get week. Tomorrow. So, okay. So for all the folks that are here tonight, just so you know, I want to sign, I want to chime in and say this. Tomorrow morning at um, 11 Eastern, we do a CISO, sit, we do a, a, a Breaking into Cybersecurity in CISOs. We call it CISO Thursdays. So tomorrow is Ugly Sweater Day. So we're all coming with our ugly sweats, which we told Alex didn't follow the rules tonight. Tisk tisk. <laughs> Julie has her hat. I have my ugly sweater also in <laughs> a second. I have my... Does
2: but, this make up for it? I have this. No, Does that no, it it? doesn't.
1: <laughs> so... Um, tomorrow, and, and anyone that wants to kind of come on and join us, we will, we'll send you the link and you can wear your sweater and, and come on and we can I have like, I think, I think this platform allows us to have a dozen or so people on at a time. So anybody that wants to come back on tomorrow, bring your ugly sweater and your Santa hat and your reindeer ears or whatever else you have going on, and we will happily bring you on. So more, one more, there was another question. Um... That is so exciting that you're gonna be working for Steph. Stuff is awesome. Uh, let's see here. There was a question, do you hope says, do you recommend using the OPM standards 2210?
2: You know, I, I like to jump on that one. And and, and, and uh, 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 Julia will correct me. So when it comes to benchmarking, and I'll put it within the theme of be- uh, the, the topic of benchmarking. Yes, I, when it comes to benchmarking, start off with I would say when it comes to the the government jobs, OPM, the the classification is kind of that Bible, if you will. And they really do a good job keeping up to date. There's also a good resource out there, uh, Go Government, which is sponsored by Partnership for Public Service. They do list career profiles. That's another good one to go to. But another government site that I used years ago when I first got out, uh, when I left college, uh, was the Department of Labor Handbook. And so, so the Dep- Department of ha- Labor uh, handbook and the OPM classification standards, along with partnership of public service and their resources, that is kind of the basic uh, uh, first go. The second, and I'm gonna give you three, the second tier is look at, and this is what I've done, I looked at roughly uh, probably uh, five to seven current job announcements, and I benchmarked the core competencies, the those key critical elements and I was able to identify what was the dominant skill sets that, that 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 needed when it comes to uh, those job announcements, when it comes to those hiring managers, and then the third, obviously is again is uh, talking to that opera singer one of you know one to three contacts in that career field and see what also is a high demand so when it comes to benchmarking start with the with what's online the OPM classifications and other resources out there that list the the KSAs non skills and abilities for a government uh, for a government career field second I would benchmark uh, uh, probably I would say three to five job announcements and see what's in high demand based off the posting. And third, which is really the most important, you need to find one to three individuals uh, within that field, connect with them, build that rapport, because they're going to be able to give you from that horse's mouth what's really in high demand.
1: That's fantastic advice, Alex. Uh, one more quick question here before we wrap, because we're a little bit over it. It's 80 cognizant of everyone's time, but this one, which I thought was very interesting because you all do so much hiring on federal employees. So, um, and I, I have to, I'm trying to find the LinkedIn user, his name or her name did not come up. But the question was, um, why is it that most federal employers don't hire veterans? I which would love like to start with that one. Go for it. Um, what would the question,
3: so- I'm
2: sorry
3: why is it that most federal employers don't hire veterans? So I would challenge, I would really challenge where that information might be coming from. Um, So I I would really challenge where that might be coming from. And I would say that our veteran statistics are are very high. Um, Of course, that is especially in the Department of Defense, Um, but that's not necessarily, Siloed there, and um, I, I would say a lot of agencies, if not all of them, have very high percentage of veterans. But it also depends upon the skill sets that you're coming out of and into, as you transition out of military service and into federal service. What types of jobs you're applying for, where your skill sets have been aligned. So perhaps maybe um, your skill sets didn't necessarily match to the very small, let's say, FDIC or. Um, I don't know, just pick it, the Census Bureau, some of the smaller organizations that don't have the, let's say grandiose presence of Department of Homeland Security or, the, or DOD or the intelligence communities. So just make sure you're targeting your jobs. I, I would say that that's probably, I, I can't, I'm not gonna say that's an absolute true statement, but I, I would find that very hard to believe given um, the efforts that we have going on um, uh, to hire veterans, there are veteran-specific career fair, fairs all the time, um, and of course we have um, requirements for, for that, just like we have for diversity and inclusion requirements. Um, individuals with disabilities is another targeted population. Military spouses is one of the hot populations we're looking at right now, so it's it's really all about who the best fit is for the position, though. So. As Alex mentioned above, we are the upholders in HR of the Merit Systems principles, and that is to give equal opportunity to applicants, regardless of background. It's all about your specialized experience. So perhaps um, as they were going through an interview, um, there was a a, a better candidate um, or a more highly skilled candidate that they hired. So while veterans do get a lot of um, different preferences when it comes to direct hire opportunities, they, that does not necessarily guarantee a job. So make sure your resume accurately reflects the specialized experience that you do have in order to make sure that you're tackling those and do what Alex says, network, build your network out so that you can use those veterans hiring authorities and there are quite a few that will swing you into federal service without competition such as the Disabled Veterans Hiring Authority and which is for 30% or more. That's one is a non-competitive authority that you can hand your resume um, at a job fair and they can offer you a job on the spot. And there is another one as well. So make sure you're educated on your veteran's authorities, that your resume reflects that experience and highlights your star stories and that you're targeting agencies where your background is going to be appreciated and um, highly sought after.
2: Let me pick on this, and this, this one I actually definitely will embrace. I'll make it quick here, Renee. Right I know we're burning time, extra time. As a Marine vet. Uh, I actually, I broke into the government under the veterans readjustment appointment. I left after a year, went back into the government. And so as a veteran, as a Marine vet, um, you know, the one thing I've learned through six agencies, the federal government does a great job hiring veterans. Compared to the, the, the current population, roughly what, 10.1 million, give or take, excluding postal, ex- ex- excluding military, there's roughly, I would say, 28% more, more than uh, of twenty-eight percent of that population is actually veterans, which is right quite a, a high ratio compared to, to, uh, to private uh, when it comes to the private sector. Also, keep in mind that most of the veterans. And I have to admit, I'm one of them. We tend to gravitate towards our own, so to speak. So the highest population, such as DOD, roughly more than 90% of the veteran, popu- uh, veteran populations in DOD, the VA, DHS. So the government does a great job. And as, as Julie said, they do a great job hiring. Here's what a veteran does. They, they don't do well. And I, only I can say this as a Marine vet. In a Persian golf vet is that when you're when you are translating your amazing skill sets and your experiences, you have to translate them to the civilian to the civilian language within the context of the of the of the targeted job that you're 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 gunning for, so to speak. Okay. So that's that Superman cape that you have when you're in the military, you gotta take it off. You can put that cape on at the VFW. I'm, I'm a member with the VFW, Veterans of Foreign Wars. You can put that cape on when you're when you talk with other vets at the VFW, at the American Legion, whatever. But when you're targeting a federal job, and only I can probably say this right now, you got to take off that uniform. You got to take off that amazing cape that you wore for many years, and you're going to have to adapt back to the civilian side and translate your skill sets and those experiences into the civilian lingo how and I will end it with this go to and I'm going to post it uh, I'll actually grab it for you guys and post it is occupational net online o net online there is a uh, there is actually a tool to put in your MOS and military occupational specialty and they'll come up with civilian terms a great resource and that's all I have to say cuz I know we're burning time
1: it is an awesome resource and I have used it not for veterans as a whole um i have been paying attention to it a lot recently and it's an amazing resource another amazing resource and the questions are still coming in but i'm gonna gonna
2: (laughs) and i say by the way i say i say that with love to that fellow veteran i'm a vet i totally say it but the biggest challenge for veterans is taking off that cape and i was one of them just let you know
1: yeah yeah. So, and as I you mean, I can questions, imagine.
3: come on over to see us. I mean, we're going to kick off yeah. in January, and we have yeah. a lot of veterans that you can network with just yeah. among our program managers at FCC. Um, and we have lots of veterans who come in um, and ask similar questions, so... And you can always reach out to us on LinkedIn um, and come to our workshop starting in 2021. And we will definitely help you to increase your marketability and tackle your, your hiring authorities to make sure that you're optimizing your job search to its fullest. So I trained Alex. Well, good job. Alex.
1: <laughs> I have to say this. Um, first and foremost, you guys are phenomenal. I mean, I am just, <laughs> Overjoyed that we were able to pull this, put this all together, and be able to reach out to folks every month um, to share this info. It's insightful for me. I'm learning something new every time. The questions are still coming an hour and 10 minutes in. So clearly, this group is engaged um, and want to learn more. I want to share with everyone, go to I tags Federal Career Connection in LinkedIn. Um, For the folks who are watching on YouTube, you know, Federal Career Connection, you all have your program. It's a fully big program. All they focus on, Alex, Julie, and the team is federal careers. So go.
2: It's all volunteer volunteer run. I mean, it's just it's 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 feds who are trying to help individuals navigate the hiring process. Totally volunteer run. It's a program, but totally volunteer run
1: totally volunteer run. We've had so many amazing people on since the summertime. Julie is almost always a staple. And then we had um, Chris from the, Chris Westbrook, right? From the CIA who came on, who was a CIA agent, who I, again, I was mesmerized. Her (laughs) mom was a CIA agent. I mean, I was just like, your mom was a CIA agent, what? So she talked about, and a hiring manager and all these things, so she talks about that. Last last month, I believe it was Laura Allen who came in. She talks about her experience. So every single month you have someone coming on and sharing um, the expertise, the experiences out there. And it's just so invaluable. And I have gotten like behind the scenes, you know, people are posting here saying how amazing it is. But I've gotten like, you know, people saying to me, they, they seem so genuine, like I really want to reach out. And I shared, you know, they, everyone just says how nice you are and how genuine this, this group is, I guess, outside of us other I guess business sharks or whatever <laughs> like the other people oh, that come on. Yeah. you all are just so genuine and a, such are, are providing such an awesome service. And I, so I want to make sure that everyone knows to come go and follow FCC, connect with Julie, connect with Alex, connect with anyone, but just make sure you let them know how you found them. Because right. for example, Chris, she's from the CIA. She's not mm-hmm. accepting anybody on her LinkedIn page. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure you say you heard from us here, mm-hmm. Um, and connect with connect with this 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 awesome phenomenal team of people helping volunteering their time to help bring folks into the industry. Um, so with that, it is yes. 13 minutes over the hour. <laughs> I'm gonna go get some eggnog or some spike something. And everyone else, happy Christmas happy Eve! Holiday. <laughs> yes. Yes. Happy holidays! Yes, thank, thank, thank you. you so much. So much, Alex. And like I said before, I'm going to get myself into the into the, the the big screen. This is my ugly sweater for today. Yes. <laughs> nice and ugly. I was looking for some lights and some bells and some stuff tomorrow morning. 11 a.m. Eastern. We are good. It's I got an even uglier one. It's awesome. So you have to I'm not going to tell you what it looks like, but it is as ugly as it's can get. Please, please, please come join us. Bring your ugly sweaters. Bring your hat, like Julie. Don't show up like Alex. <laughs> I'm going to pick <put> that Alex. <laughs> Bring your stuff, and we will send you the link so that you can come on too and show your uh, and show your ugly sweaters tomorrow, Christmas Eve. We yes. are going to it. I, I'm, a,
2: I'm the Scrooge on the show tonight. I am the Scrooge.
1: <laughs> okay. oh We're messing. We're picking on you, but. We love you. Today's your birthday, so we're gonna we're, we're gonna pick and poke. Well, you know we love you. <laughs> yes, and
3: I hate to plug us again, but come check us out. I'm kicking us off on January the fifth, a Tuesday, I believe. We're at six o'clock, Alex Eastern. Correct me if I'm wrong, but we have our schedule on the website. I'm gonna kick us off and get us empowered for the next year. Um, and just talk a little bit more about um, what we talk about is our motto is becoming your own CEO so calling empowerment and ownership so come join us get kicked off we've got an amazing lineup of speakers this year and topics just based on all of the feedback that we received over this last year and the great lessons that we've learned just on being on this podcast so and this is the feel you're going to get when you come and see us it's this warm fuzziness that Renee gives us every time that we come in and um, that is the highest compliment that we can pay to Renee, is that we are we're doing something just a little bit different and we, we are here to help, we're here to demystify these these cra- this crazy process that we have and, and make sure that you're successful in what you're doing and Alex provides a great platform for us to do that and we're so grateful to be able to share this knowledge so thank you so much for having us and we can't wait to see what 2021 is going to bring.
2: All right. You guys have peace, safe guys. Thank
3: you. Happy right. holidays. Bye, Happy, birthday. Happy Bye. birthday. Bye. Bye